More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome back in. Hour number three, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. We roll through the Wednesday edition of the program. As we are now into a brand new year, encourage all of you to go subscribe. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton podcast. And we're going to have a lot of podcast exclusives that you can only get if you subscribe to the podcast. Uh, that will be just popping up in your news feed, popping up in your podcast feed, can help you to get through 2023 with a little bit more Clay Travis, Buck Sexton in your lives. Encourage all of you to go sign up there. Buck, one of the big stories of the past, I would say, decade has been the very rapid transition between let me live the life that I want to live as an individual, to which I think most people, when it comes to adults, have kind of assented, right? You can make choices in your adult life that I might disagree with, that you might disagree with. Some of our choices that we make in our lives, some of you out there might disagree with. But as adults, there's very much, I would say, a live and let live mindset that is very prominent, very common. But along the way... That hasn't been enough. It hasn't been enough for someone to live their lifestyle. Now there is a demand that has become very insidious, I would say, in our culture today, where not only does someone have to live their life, you have to endorse and celebrate the choices that they are making in their life. And this transition between mutual respect in terms of adults being able to make adult decisions and no, 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 it's not only you have to allow me to make my choice, you have to support and praise the fact that I have made my choice, and that has translated into all facets of society. And that is the background for what happened last night in Philadelphia. The Flyers are the NHL team, the professional hockey team in the city of Philadelphia. They had a pride night, which has become very, very common in the world of sports. And as part of that, 
you are not only required to acknowledge that people can choose who they want to love, you're also now required to celebrate their life choices. It's a, a big growth in the expectation. And what happened last night was a Russian hockey player by the name of Ivan Prokhorov decided, even though he played for the Philadelphia Flyers, he was not willing to put on a gay pride jersey as a part of their uh, festivities last night in Philadelphia. And this has turned into a big story as he is being ripped to shreds by many different woke sports media out there. But he said it was simply a matter of his Russian Orthodox faith. Listen to this when he was asked about it immediately after the game. I respect everybody's choices. My choice is to stay true to myself and my religion. That's all I'm going to say. So he's now getting lambasted, as you can well imagine, Buck, for his decision not to wear a gay pride jersey. This comes on the heels of a several Tampa Bay Rays players, if I remember, in Major League Baseball, also saying, hey, yeah, you know what, we'd prefer not to wear the gay pride jerseys. There's a big difference between allowing people to make their own choice, Buck, and demanding that you celebrate their choice. And that is a distinction that has been lost in many ways. It starts out with... Let's all just let's all just accept. Let's all just be accepting. Let's let's just be cool to each other. And it's about decency and everything. And that appeals to good people. And people say, yeah, of course, I want to be accepting and I want everyone to feel good. And I'm not here to make anyone feel bad. And so, sure, we can ex- let's be accepting or or let's be tolerant. Usually it starts with tolerance. And then they'll start saying, well, you really got to accept this. And then it's actually you have to celebrate this. Yeah. And that's the way the left has. Look, this, the slope is slippery. This is the way they've operated on many things uh, in the social issues realm. And I just think it's it's interesting to me that the, the NHL, who's making this decision at the That's NHL? Great question. I, mean, I, I, like, I really don't know. I mean, I figure you would have a better idea. I'm sitting here thinking, is the NHL audience demanding this in any it, way? A, you know, the NHL tweeted out recently, and we wrote about this at OutKick, trans women are real women. But kind of out of nowhere, because I'm looking around, I'm thinking like the average NHL fan is a, and again, I'm stereotyping, but is a Midwestern beer drinking, uh, cold weather loving, uh, kind of beefy dude, right? I mean, if, if I were like, if you were like, hey, what's the average NHL fan look like? I'd be like, he's probably 49 years old. Weighs forty pounds more than he should. Loves beer and likes watching guys fight. That would not be a my lot of, general like, yeah. Not a lot, a lot of, of pronoun audience. pronouns in the yes. in the bio or not in the a lot of pronoun in the bios. Group. Not a lot of big uh, mask wearers. Not a lot of people out there that are saying trans women can get pregnant. Uh, men can get pregnant. There's not a lot of that out there, and so it's a fabulous question because this also ties in in the state of Florida. The NHL had a job fair, I'm sure you saw this, Buck, in South Florida, where they specifically said white men aren't welcome at this job fair. And then Ron DeSantis clapped back on it, and they backed down. But when you consider that the NHL is saying trans women are women, that they're doing LBGTQ, whatever the additional letter is, Pride Nights, and it's considered now unacceptable, one of the ESPN reporters, Buck, came out and said, well... This is really unacceptable because this same defenseman was willing to wear a military support jersey. 
And I'm like, well, that's totally different, right? Like, you can support the military and also, you know, be willing to say, hey, thank you for everybody out there who's who's fighting for the country. The fact that you would even equate that with a gay pride uh, jersey is to me quite a bit different. But yeah, I think it's a great example of alienating the base audience that you have that supports your product that in no way is woke at all. In fact, they despise this stuff, generally speaking. And have they done this in other leagues? Oh, yeah. Has Major League Baseball has done it because um, they had a controversy because a couple of Rays players refused to wear the jerseys. Um, I don't think the NFL has done it, to my knowledge, on the jersey itself. But it's definitely spreading. I'm sure the NBA has done it because if you can do something woke, the NBA has done it in an incredibly woke degree. But this is where one of these things where the athletes and Buck, the sports media, are not in alignment here. And I think you saw this with DeMar Hamlin with the extreme religious response from players. Joining at midfield to pray, things like that. That's not the same dynamic that would exist in the press box. The average member of the sports media is not praying before a football game. It's very common, though, among the players and coaches themselves. I mean, can I just note, you know, being told that you have to support anything i find uh, uh, you know annoying like if i yeah for example you know i voted for trump twice i think trump did a great job if someone said well y- you have to you're not allowed to be at this rally unless you're wearing a maga hat for example yeah. right just put this out there nothing against maga hats but i don't want to be told that i have to do that right yeah. and that's for something that i totally support I-, I just think that the notion that people should have to um, you know, in, in area, especially if you're a hockey player, so it's nothing to do with playing hockey. I don't think you should be forced to support any political cause because it sets this president or, or any cause, you know, period. I, I just, I don't really understand why anybody would think that that wouldn't lead to, lead to trouble. I mean, cause if you, let, let me kind of take it to the next level. If you can be told you have to wear, it was a, it was a gay pride jersey. Was that the? Yes. Gay pride. I don't even know the story. Clay told me about this story. Gay pride jersey. Why can't you be told you have to wear a BLM jersey? Yeah, I, I don't. Right. I don't know why you wouldn't be. To, you couldn't be told you don't have to wear a BLM jersey if you're going to play play hockey. You know, hockey's not diverse enough. Time to put on the BLM jerseys, right? That's you could see how that would happen very easily. So I just think that this is a bad precedent to set. Well, it's bullying basically because yeah. you're telling somebody. Hey, you have to accept. And again, there's a big difference between accepting, like you have the right to make a choice, and you should have a right to make a choice about whether you want to celebrate something or not. And I just think it's becoming a we we've shifted from the acceptance to celebrate it really, really rapidly out there. And um, you know, I, I understand the point of things that are blandly inoffensive, right? So if you choose that you want to wear uh, pink cleats because you're fighting breast cancer in the NFL. I don't think there's any problem with that, right? Players sometimes wear pink cleats or pink uh, you know, uh, uh, arm sleeves or whatever else on their uniform. But if you mandated that everybody had to do anything that has nothing to do with their job itself, I think your, your analogy of wearing a MAGA hat, even if you support Trump, is, uh, is, is well taken. Because the idea that you would have a... Uh, requirement as to what you're going to wear based on your political beliefs, it's really it's really becoming omnipresent. And you look at it with the Ukraine flag, with the bios, with the him, her, and the pronoun email signatures. Like 
It's really kind of crazy. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to be, unless it's a, a a wedding or a funeral or I'm in the White House, I don't want to be told to wear a jacket and tie. So I definitely don't want to be told that I have to wear something that has some kind of political or cause or any other affiliation. I, I bet a huge percentage of our audience, Buck, has felt pressure to change their email signature, if you have an email address at work, to have your preferred pronouns in it. I remember the first time I saw preferred pronouns anywhere. It was actually at Vanderbilt University, and I where I went to to law school. And this was years after that. But I remember seeing somebody with a name tag, and they had their pronouns on. And this is probably a decade ago. And I thought this is the dumbest thing that I have ever seen in my life. And now, almost every corporation has got the signature line where you can put your pronouns in it. And if you don't. I've gotten tons of emails. I bet you have two buck from people who say, hey, my uh, spouse or my company is requiring this or whatever it is. And if you don't celebrate and comply as if sharing your pronouns is a normal thing, there are consequences at work. What do you think would happen if you if you for for most people who work in some realm of corporate America, you know, if you work at a corporate uh, law firm in New York or you're at a one of those big management agencies out in L.A., do you think you could? Do you think anybody would challenge you if you put one of the, you know how they have these new pronouns now too? Like my pronouns are like you know Z as in X E. And do you think do you think that HR would want to go down that path and try to mess with you, or would they just have to respect it? You know, if my if my pronouns were like Z and you know Xenon, you know Z E N O N. Yeah, no, I mean I think that there was a great case from a college campus, and I remember who the kid was. But he said that, you know, you got to choose how you were addressed. And he said that he wanted to be addressed as his majesty every time that he was called on in class. And uh, that those were his preferred, you know, choice uh, terms. And it turned into a huge controversy because there's like, well, you're mocking the, 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 the process by which we call on people. And he said, no, no. The idea that you have preferred pronouns is the mockery. I'm just pointing out the absurdity of it by choosing a signifier to uh, identify myself in class. And it actually is really funny. So, you know, if you start to make up your own... The the, the idea of choosing your pronouns, to me, gets really funny because it does lend itself naturally to, well, I get to choose my adjectives. So I can't be referred to in any article unless you say the incredibly brilliant and handsome Clay Travis. Like, no, you don't get to choose how people define you. And yet, that's effectively what we're being told it's exactly we have to what do they're doing all all the time. The pronoun th- I always say this to people: the pronoun thing is not minor. It's not about politeness. That's not why they care so much. They actually use the desire to be polite as a weapon against people of reason, sense, and rationality. And they can't play the game of it's no big deal. Just do it. If you don't do it, it's a huge deal. That's exactly, That's exactly what, what they try to do all the time. Why are you so focused on this? They say, and you say, why are you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? Ivan like, Provorov is just like, yeah, you know, I'm just not that into it. I'm going to choose not to do it. And they're like, what do you? It, it reminds me again. I think we played this audio before of the old school Seinfeld episode where Kramer, does, Kramer doesn't want to wear the AIDS pin. And he gets confronted. He will not not wear the ribbon, right? That's right. Yeah, the the ribbon. And they come after him uh, for not wearing the ribbon in the AIDS walk. I mean, we're really kind of living that era now where it's not even hyperbole. It's not satire. It's real life. Kramer tried to tell us. Some companies come into existence to solve a problem or make life easier at home. Legacy Box does that uh, for sure. Let me tell you, a lot of you right now are coming out of the holiday season. 
and you probably have created a lot of great memories with your kids, with your grandkids, with your aunts, your uncles, friends and family, far and wide. And maybe you got those right now stored on your phone. If you look down at your phone right now, okay, that's digital, that's in the cloud. Hopefully that's taken care of. But how many Christmases have you not preserved? How many pictures out there are in grandma or grandpa's basement in the attic? How many of those are not going to be preserved forever? And you kind of feel a little twinge in the back of your mind when I mention all this to you. Why not just go ahead and take care of these memories forever, once and for all? Go to Legacy Box. They've done this for 10 years. They have a team of more than 200 trained technicians. They'll hand transfer all of your tapes, film, photos, slides, cassette tapes, whatever it is that you're sending to them, to a digital file to be able to preserve forever. Here's how you do it. Go to LegacyBox.com slash Clay. Use my name in the URL to get a great discount on your deal. LegacyBox.com slash Clay. That's how you get started. You're going to love the results of having all these family memories digitized and preserved forever. LegacyBox.com slash Clay. The supply chain of smarts, sanity, and truth. Uninterrupted. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the armstrong and getty show to start listening more than a movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies i'm your host alex fumero and each week i'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies from the godfather andy garcia he has the smarts of Vito, the temper of sunny the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, from this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. The return of the Trump is imminent my friends, to social media 
We're seeing now news stories all over the place. This one was from NBC this morning. They were claiming it as an exclusive at 9 a.m. That in his comeback for the White House, for being president, Trump has access to Twitter already, should he choose to use it. And then also his campaign, as he does have a campaign, he's formerly a candidate, is petitioning Facebook to unblock his Facebook account. Look, I think Facebook, I mean, first of all, obviously, I think they should do it, but I think Facebook kind of has to do it, which has been my point all along about Twitter, that on some of these issues, once one breaks the dam, others are going to have to follow. And I will say, man, look, people have different views on whether it's good or bad for him politically. And I and on both. and, And I mean, of his supporters, I like Trump Twitter. It was a lot of fun. It was good times. I think it's very entertaining. Uh, it certainly is good for us because it will give us great fodder for the show because he'll be tweeting during the show and everything else. I think it's the worst thing possible for his campaign in terms of actually being able to get elected in 24 because that aspect of his persona was what drove so many left-wingers crazy. And I think it ultimately, you can say, okay, I love the fact that it drives left-wingers crazy. I think it ultimately turned off a lot of these suburban moms that are going to end up deciding who wins the 2024 election. So I think it I just them. our friend Jesse Kelly just tweeted this out. Awesome news for Twitter. Awesome news for me. I love him on here. He's hilarious. Terrible news for Trump. His tweeting is hated by all the people he needs to win back. That's what he wrote on Twitter. So I didn't even know that. You and Jesse agree on that one. I mean, I think it's 100% true. Yeah, the women, entertaining. The suburban moms who he has to win, they are not going to be happy with what he tweets. You know who's won over the suburban moms? And everybody else, for that matter. Mike Lindell with his amazing pillows. There you go, I agree. Because the pillows are the absolute best. Mike's got a passion to help every American get the best sleep of their lives. That's the mission of my pillow, and I got to tell you, the pillows, yes, amazing, and obviously the most well known. But the Giza Dream sheets, this is a product that's going to change your sleep for the better. I've got Giza Dream sheets on my bed at home. Guess what? Giza Dream sheets are back in stock thanks to a larger than ever purchase of that amazing high quality Giza cotton that Mike makes these sheets with, and they're at the lowest price ever, under thirty dollars a set. But you got to use our names, Clay and Buck, as the promo code. So go to MyPillow.com, use the promo code CLAYANDBUCK. That's MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener specials. Check out this flash sale on the Giza Dream sheets. Use code CLAYANDBUCK or just call this phone number, 800-792-3269. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. We are rolling through the Wednesday edition of the program. We're joined now by Chad Robichaux, former Force Recon Marine and Aziz, an interpreter he rescued from Afghanistan, inspiring a new book, Saving Aziz, How the Mission to Help One Became a Calling to Rescue Thousands from the Taliban. Uh, also, Save Our Allies has been founded by Chad, a nonprofit that evacuated 17,000 people from Afghanistan, currently operates in Ukraine as well. Uh, Chad and Aziz are in our New York City studio right now. We appreciate you guys being here. And Chad, I I will start with you. Many people, I think, have forgotten about the chaos that came with our evacuation from Afghanistan. But since we left there, there are reports that thousands of people who 
have connections to America, who worked for American soldiers, are still stuck behind in Afghanistan. What have you seen and what can you tell us about the situation on the ground in Afghanistan right now? Yeah, unfortunately, I don't believe this is uh, not by accident that this has been um, not just forgotten but swept under the rug. And the mainstream media has really been reluctant to report on it. And I think the White House has done everything they could to hide this uh, this story. Uh, we still have 75,000 of our uh, of our interpreters that are qualified for SIV, Special Immigrant Visa uh, uh, Program, and, and not only – qualify but were promised by our government for their service to us for 20 years uh they're still in afghanistan uh, as well as other lily pad countries around the world in addition to that we have their family members and each of them or uh are vulnerable you're talking about 300,000 people that that have uh served the american american effort in afghanistan and all of them are vulnerable they're being systematically hunted down pulled out of their homes at night beaten tortured killed and executed for their for their service to our country and uh you know we we have a state department that's refusing to acknowledge it uh, to do the right thing and uh and it's still happening every day and and meanwhile uh you know we have 40 million afghan residents uh 20 million women that are being sexually enslaved uh dealing with you know sharia law the, not the taliban 2.0 but the the same old brutal uh you know dash terrorist uh that they are uh who are who are uh marrying off 9-year-old girls and 11-year-old girls uh for a few hundred bucks taking advantage of the the starving their people to make them desperate uh who is just last week uh uh took away women's medical rights by saying that women are allowed to see uh, male doctors, but they're not allowed to be doctors and allowed to be educated. And so the whole thing is just terrible. And uh, the fact that the White House has done a, such a effective job of making this go away is uh, is more the reason of why I want the, this book out, Saving Aziz, so people know the truth. Hey, Chad, it's Buck. Really appreciate you joining us, and, and thank you for your service, sir. Um, what would you like to see the Biden administration do? I mean, if, if you could get a sit down with Biden and you know top national security. Uh, apparatus folks what do you think is is the path forward if they were to get serious and engage on this issue and keep the word of the american government that was given to those who were helping people like you who were serving our country in uniform in afghanistan yeah well it's uh it's a really good question. You know, first of all, and I, I, you're not asking a question that goes in hindsight, but I have to say um, the American people were lied to and said that the, the, that we were in a 20-year war, we're endless war, we have to end this war, we have to get out. And I think everyone really believed that. But the truth is uh, that's that's a lie, and it's not consistent with historical successes of military strategy in the, in the United States. We had 2,500 troops to 4,000 troops in Afghanistan. And in 2018, we stopped participating in a conventional uh, fight against Taliban and we started a support and advisory role with the Afghan National Army and Afghan National Police and the entire international community was participating at Bagram Air Force Base, the most strategic place in the globe between Iraq, Iran, Russia and China and and for us to give that up uh, it, it, for saying we have to move out 2,500, 4,000 troops. Meanwhile, we have 80,000 troops in Japan and 40,000 troops in Germany since World War II, 35 troops in South Korea since World War II. These contingencies keep the world safe and make us and keep us out of future wars. And we were, we didn't negotiate with our international allies. We didn't negotiate with NATO. We didn't negotiate with the Afghan government we put in place for 20 years. We only negotiated with the Taliban and handed our handed that strategic location over to the Taliban without supporting the Afghan government we put in place. And it created a complete collapse. So uh, to answer your question right now, it's very difficult 
to do the right thing because of the situation that was created. Uh, I think the only thing that could be done was for the uh, that could be done now is for the the State Department to have a clear process for SIV applicants for uh for p1 p2 visas that qualify for a, a pathway to citizenship based on their service to america but then you you forced you're forced in a situation now where there is no u.s embassy in in afghanistan there is no uh, consulate for them to go to apply for visas they have to go to the taliban and basically surrender themselves as a enemy of the state uh, of a taliban and surrender themselves in order to try to get to america so you know it's tough to answer that question buck and it's a good question but um you know, we this administration has put this uh, situation uh, to where it's it's almost with uh, unrecoverable. Chad, I know there's many reasons you're doing what you are doing for the people left behind in Afghanistan, but also Aziz, who is sitting with you right now, saved your life. What is that story? Well, I mean, we you know, I was I was very fortunate as a force recon marine. I was selected to go be part of a JSOC task force, a Joint Special Operations Command task force. And part of that role was working in a singleton capacity, meaning by myself and going out ahead of my unit to uh, build the clandestine infrastructure to put our assaulters on target to capture or kill bad guys. And in doing that, I was assigned to a local national, which was Aziz. He was my interpreter, eventually vetted, trained, uh, polygraphed to become my teammate, my sole teammate, and uh, and you know through eight deployments which we did together to keep the continuity, he became my friend. Uh, he saved my life multiple times. He probably saved my life every day. Like don't walk there, don't eat that, don't talk to that person. If you talk right now, they're gonna kill us. Like he saved my life every day. And when we got done operating the mountains of Afghanistan or, or across the border in Pakistan, I didn't go to base and he went home. I went home with him. He his first our first hot meal out of those cold mountains was by his by his wife Hatra, and and then I was there when Mashud and Mashuda is his son and daughter were born and I held them as babies like he's family to me and so to leave him there during the withdrawal was uh, something I could never have left uh, lived with I mean I had to go and help and we put a small team together uh, to go originally to just go get Aziz and uh, as we're putting this team together uh, you know most incredible special operations guys that I knew and, and veterans that I trusted about 12 of us one of us pointed out a really good, good point that I was being a little selfish to get my friend that there were other people other interpreters uh, American citizens Women, children, uh, Christians that be persecuted that needed help too, and we made a decision in that moment. I believe we're all pretty strong people of faith. We believe that God was really just burdening our hearts to do the right thing and help these people, and we made a decision to to be obedient to that burden and uh, and say yes to go. Uh, and then beyond that, uh, uh, we I, I believe we witnessed the divine miracle happen in the next three days that uh, made it possible to not just rescue Aziz and his family, but seventeen thousand people. The book is Saving Aziz, How the Mission to Help One Became a Calling to Rescue Thousands from the Taliban, author Chad Robichaud, former recon Marine. Chad, we appreciate you, sir. Thank you for being with us. Absolutely. Thanks to Aziz as well. Appreciate you guys being in studio. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if one of your goals this year is to do business with companies that can just embrace your values, start with your cell phone service by switching to Pure Talk today. Proudly veteran-owned, they employ a U.S.-based customer service team, and they refuse to spend their money on fake news networks. Plus, there's Pure Talk service. It's great. Kicks ass. They access one of the largest networks in the country. You're going to get blazing fast data, talk, and text for just 30 bucks a month. That's probably half of what you're paying at Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. With Pure Talk, you keep your phone and your same phone number. Switch is easy. can take as little as 10 minutes plus pure talk first month risk-free guarantee try it if you're not completely happy you'll get your money back and that's how you do it now it's easy from your cell phones right now 
Dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck, you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Again, dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Making sense in an insane world. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my this idea of, what do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know... Okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're going to make basically raising kids tax-free, no tax on diapers, wipes, children's clothes, uh, strollers, cribs, none of that stuff. Going to be too late for me and my and my wife and our kids. They're getting, you know, five, four, and, and two now. But for, for younger families, be able to do it, it's going to be really, really important. Because, again, those are things you just have to buy. you got to buy the diapers. you got to buy these things. So that's going to save families uh, a lot of money. You know, we may even say no tax on gas stoves coming up this year. We'll do that. That's fine with me. I want you to be able to have a choice. Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida there talking about initiatives meant to help people who are trying to have families. By the way, something very important. You look at what the future of America and every major power in the world looks like and understanding its demographics, specifically related to the age of its population, the replenishment of its population. Stuff really matters and encouraging 
uh, people to have families, stable family units to have children is a really obviously a good thing on many levels, but it's a good thing on a civilizational level. Uh, you know, DeSantis also announced, Clay, uh, an initiative to make protections against coercive. This is from his Twitter account, biomedical policies permanent, including prohibiting covid vaccine passports, prohibiting covid vaccine and mask requirements to attend any school, prohibiting any covid mask requirement and all discrimination based on vaccine or booster status i every republican governor in america now some abbott has done some things in this direction there are others i'm not saying there aren't others every republican governor has to do this and if they won't do it they should be asked why here's a fun question for you buck we were talking earlier about the hearing that's going on regarding mask mandates and thank god that florida judge mizell ended this thing in april of last year because it's been crazy what would stop and again i think it's a really kind of fascinating legal question what would stop the state of florida from saying as soon as you enter florida airspace you can't be required to wear a mask on an airplane really kind of interesting right like you would a federal wouldn't it be a federal issue even if it's but if you cross into uh, like like the fe- I understand when you're crossing state lines, but I don't know that it's actually we've never had a rule like this where I don't know that it would win. But if you came out and they said, "Hey, we're going to bring back masks," I would love to see Florida pass a law and say, "Hey, when you cross into the free state of Florida airspace, we are passing a law that you can't be required to wear masks anywhere." All the way up to the 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 sky on airplanes, all the way down to beaches and everything else. I'm not sure how it would be handled because I can't think of a lot of precedents, Buck. But I would love to just see that argument made in the event that the Biden administration yeah. tries to bring back masks. So COVID vaccine requirements for private businesses not allowed in Florida under state law. Yes, not allowed in Texas under state law. Some Republican governors fought this and said it's about big government. I don't believe that. I think they were wrong. They should change their minds now. There's no there's no excuse at this point for anyone to say, yeah, I'm going to let companies fire people because they're, you know, no Republican should allow that to happen in their state. Just call it discrimination. I, I don't I don't care what justification you have to find for it. Yes, it's I monstrous. Agree. It's wrong. And we all know it. Take action. If you're right then be as aggressively right as you possibly can, which I think is basically the brand of DeSantis in Florida, which is why I'm thinking through, again, I'm not an expert on federal aviation law, but just passing a law that when you enter Florida airspace, you can't be required to wear a mask so that everywhere in Florida is a free land, I think would be really interesting. Another question for you, Buck, as this hearing is going on in Miami. If the Biden administration wins this court case, what do you think the chances are they bring back masks before, uh, you know, the winter is over, basically? High. On planes, high. On because planes, they yeah. want people to be continually conditioned. First of all, it's very popular with the far left base. If you're, and I know this is crazy to people. Like for those who are listening to us in red states, and we always, you know, we say Tennessee because you're there and I'm here in Florida and there's Texas, but anywhere that's a red state, you're like, what do, what do you mean? Who's still. I'm obviously back and forth to New York a lot. You travel to... On your to, flights to New York now, when you're going back and forth between Florida and New York, what percentage of people would you say are wearing masks now? 10%. Maybe, okay, maybe so 15%. so it's, it's continued to decline. 
it's not it's small but noticeable and maybe yeah. on some flights it's more like 20 percent right. so there, there's a there's a crew that always has and and they also now particularly opt for i've noticed it because now that their own the high priests of, COVID, uh, of, yeah. of fauciism have said you know the cloth mask doesn't really work uh although fauci won't really say that but others have said it um they do the the N95 with the two rubber straps. You see this a lot. One kind of high on the head, one lower to make it really tight and uncomfortable. Which has to be miserable. Miserable. I think they're miserable people, unfortunately. Yeah, I think that's probably true. Yeah, but this is a real thing that's still out there. And, you know, I, I'm sorry, but the, the dynamic became when they have the power, they make you do all these things. But in some places, it's even when you have Republicans, oh, we don't want to step in and pr-. no, no. Okay. If they can make you do it, you can make them not do it. And that's the way that should be the mentality in these, in these free states like Florida and every other red state. I'm thinking more through because I know a lot of the DeSantis people listen to this show. Crossing state lines is interesting. I love the idea of like somebody being able to come on the PA and say, you've now entered the free airspace of Florida. You can remove your masks. Like that would be a pretty um, unbelievable experience, right? But a lot of the flights in Florida are in-state, right? If you're in Miami and you're flying to Jacksonville or you're in Tampa and you're flying to Miami, whatever, if they're in-state flights, I just I love the idea of fighting Biden and his outlandish authoritarians on any battlefield you can, even if, Buck, you might lose the legal argument. Sometimes having the fight's important. And so this idea, because I, I agree with you, I think if the Biden administration wins the right to put people back in masks on airplanes, I think there is a good chance that they try to do it. So why not go ahead and fight the good fight if you are in Florida? And by the way, not just Florida, Texas, any state, Tennessee, where I live, any state that has sound and and reasonable and 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 actually scientific leadership, why would you acquiesce to the Biden power grab? Yeah, you got you got to fight it because there's there's also um, I think a, a mentality here among the Democrats that this training that we all had to go through, uh, oh, yeah. this conditioning that they can just say, oh no, but this is really really important and do insane stuff. I mean, they did cra- they deployed National Guard at the airport in New York to ask people to fill out a survey about where they had traveled. There was no tracking on this. There's Fuck, no accountability. They arrested was... dudes on paddle boards in the ocean. Right. But this is what I mean. They they don't want people to finally come to the recognition in large enough numbers about how absurd, idiotic, and tyrannical they were. So they want to kind of keep some of these powers in the background. And I'm telling you, they they want to find an excuse to use it. Look at all these people at Davos. Look at John Kerry talking about, oh, we're yeah. here to save the world. What a joke that guy is. I think they could definitely, Buck, is using the example. Remember New York City was still requiring you to wear a mask walking around in LaGuardia even after they did away with the federal mask mandate? Yep. You could certainly, I think, ban masks in Florida airports. Oh, yes. So maybe you wouldn't have to put them on again until you get on the airplane. I'm just really kind of fascinated by the legality. He's got a lot of smart people to advise him, DeSantis. I think this is a battle, given that they're fighting it in Florida right now, that would be a good one to throw some punches uh, yes. in favor of to Basically, the best of your ability antagonize the Fauci commies with every fiber of your being in every way you can. Amen. 
More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 